Hey, it's Ampere's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. If you work on a project long enough, it's interesting to look back on it and realize, A, how much things have changed since you started, and B, how much things have stayed the same. Let me back up. Uh, real NPR diehards will recognize Michelle Norris's name. For a long time, she was host of the afternoon show, All Things Considered, and she eventually left NPR in 2015. Now, while she was still at the network, she was working on this thing called the Race Card Project, where she asked people to send in their thoughts about race in only six words. These thoughts and stories are now collected in a book called Our Hidden Conversations, What Americans Really Think About Race and Identity. And in this interview with NPR's Steve Inski, they talk about the things that have and have not changed when it comes to our thoughts on race. And one of the starkest differences she points out is who considers themselves invisible. That's coming up. This message comes from NPR sponsor Live Right, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. The writer Michelle Norris has spent many years encouraging uncomfortable conversations. Michelle is a former NPR News host whose work included an acclaimed series on this program. Michelle's here, and Michelle, you know what to do with a microphone. Tell people what the project <laughs> Hello, was. Steve. The project is the Race Card Project. I ask people to share their thoughts on race and identity in just six words, mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed at what people can pack into just six words. My name is Delisha Dent. I am 17 years old. My six words are, segregation should not determine our future. My name is Alex Sugura, and my six words are, no, really, where are you from? My name is Alicia O'Brien, and my six words are, Mexican white girl doesn't speak Spanish. My name is Mark A. Quarles, and my six words are, with kids, I'm dad, alone, thug. That last voice was of a tall black man who felt that people perceived him one way when he walked down the street with his family and another way when they saw him alone. Across a decade, Michelle Norris collected thousands of these stories and put them in the book Our Hidden Conversations, What Americans Really Think About Race and Identity. I'm Tracy Hart from Washington, D.C., and my six words are, yes, I'm tobacco-picking white trash. One of many white people who wrote to Michelle Norris. Almost every year vast majority of these years, the majority of the cards have come from white Americans or white people elsewhere in the world. Hmm. And that was not, Steve, that was not what I expected. I'm an African-American woman. I understand how our conversations about race are usually by, for, and about people of color. They're usually led by people of color. They're usually focused on people of color. So when I put the basket on the table, I thought that most of the cards would come from people of color and probably mainly black people. All kinds of people pulled up. When I read some of these six-word stories, some of them are a decade old now, and yet they all feel like they're this year, last year. Then he died in our alley. Black, but I don't fear police. There's a story um, from Kristen Moorhead, and her six words were, I wish he was a girl. And when Mm. she sent in that story, she sent in a picture of she and her son. They're sitting on a bus together, and he's a preteen. So I've tracked them over time, and of course she didn't wish that she had a little girl. She loves her son, right? But 
in the wake of all these police shootings, and particularly the night that she saw the grainy footage of Tamir Rice, who was shot in Ohio because police thought he had a gun and was, it turned out to be a toy. She was so hurt that evening and so frustrated. She didn't want her son to hear her crying. So she goes to the computer and she lets out the almost like a silent scream by typing in those six words, I wish he was a girl. Mm. And I talked to her years later. And now Che, when, when I talked to her, he was um, 18. He's now, and that was, that was almost two years ago. So now he's off in college. He moves around the world, and he walks into the 7-Eleven near his high school, and he always is like saying hello and and being super friendly so no one sees him as a threat. And he's telling her how he handles himself, how he comports himself out in the world. And I'm watching her face just fall, that this kid, this nerdy, really super smart, classical music-playing kid can't fully be himself in the world because he's always worried about what someone else will think about him. Do these stories ever make you despair? They hit my heart pretty hard. This has been an emotional journey for me. You know, to go into the inbox every day, people serve up all kinds of emotions. They serve up their fears and their anxieties and their anger and their angst. And sometimes their triumph and sometimes their humor. And someone sent in, uh, underneath, we all taste like chicken. You know, which was the the laugh I needed at, you know, a moment, total non-issue when the aliens arrive. I appreciate when people send things like that in. Have the conversations that you've taken in changed because of the politics of the country in the last several years as things have grown darker and more divided? Oh, absolutely. I liken this work of collecting these six-word stories to dendrochronology, the study of tree rings. If you cut down a tree, the tree rings will tell you a story. They will tell you a story about the surrounding environment. Mm. You will know what happened. The year there was a hurricane or a drought. exactly. You will know humans' impact on that because of the chemicals that they introduced or the new foundation of a building that's too close to the tree and it affected the root system. The tree will tell a story and the tree never lies. In some way, this archive of human experience is a social tree ring during a period of time that is bookended by the presidencies of Barack Obama and Donald Trump, followed by a global pandemic, by economic tumult, by climate change, by the murder of George Floyd, by the conflict in Gaza right now. I mean, all of these things are reflected in some way. They're writing about their kids. They're writing about their commute. They're writing about what it's like to go to a church that feels like it's more divided right now. They're writing about, gosh, I used to live in a community that looked one way and now it doesn't. They write about how the lunchroom is smelly because new immigration patterns have meant that people are bringing new things in their lunchbox. I mean, literally. And so you see things and it can almost be in some ways a bellwether. So in the lead up to the election in 2016, About four or five years ahead of that, we started to see the word invisible more and more in the inbox. Hmm. And we always saw the word invisible, but it was usually attached to women of color saying they felt invisible. A lot of Asian people saying that they felt invisible. Suddenly, we were seeing more white people and particularly white men saying that they felt invisible in their own country, that they were living in a country that they didn't understand, that they were living in a country that felt like it looked past them. And that was interesting because that was sort of the beginning for me, of understanding something that was happening out in the world that I could see through numbers and statistics and demographic change, but it's very different. 
when you're actually hearing someone talk about the job that they felt that they didn't get yeah. or the community that they feel like they don't understand anymore or a change that feels scarier is creating a kind of vertigo for them. Our friend Michelle Norris is the author of Our Hidden Conversations, What Americans Really Think About Race and Identity. Thanks for coming back by. It's been great to be with you, Steve. Miss you. Miss you, too. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant.